we just take a second and fully abbreviate this moment together? I mean, we're old friends, we're still friends, and I love you all. I just wanted to say that. We got a great weekend. Just our gang, just us. Hey, hey! Hey, bro. Not here. Who's that? That's Daryl. He's, he's just staying here. He's going through some things, but he's not part of the experience at all. Okay. We interrupt this program to bring you... everybody my name is kevin my name is adam and i'm julie and we are the real movie guys welcome back to another episode of the real review the series where we review and discuss all your favorite films on today's episode we're going to be taking a look at glass onion famed southern detective benoit blanc travels to greece for his latest case guys it's glass onion the sequel to knives out uh I didn't think we were getting a sequel for some reason for the longest time. And then I remember hearing about it and I was kind of excited, right? I'm always down for a good mystery. Uh, I know mm -hmm. Murder on the Orient Express kind of filled my, my little niche for that. Uh, was it Death on the Nile? Death on the Nile. Yeah, you know, I, I, liked, I like mystery stuff. You know, I really like these mystery films. And fun fact, uh, I think it was, yeah, Knives Out was one of the first videos uh, me and John actually did on the channel. So a little, little throwback here following up on our sequels. Uh, now... I want to say this. Knives Out, if I recall correctly, it's been a little bit of time here. I wasn't the hugest fan of Knives Out. I thought it was fine, right? I think it was serviceable for the most part. It was decent mystery. I thought the reveal was kind of cool. Uh, in my opinion, I thought Glass Onion was a little bit better. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I don't think, I think I might be alone on this. I disagree with you. Me too. <laughs> oh, no. All right, Adam. So let's start with uh, we'll start with you. Well, I'll let you guys go first here. What happened? Didn't enjoy Glass Onion. weren't a fan. What's going on? No, I I like this movie too. Okay. I liked it a lot. Don't I, I? I really did enjoy this one too. Okay. I just don't think it hits as well as the first one. Okay. All right. So you thought it missed the mark somewhere along the line. Okay. Uh, Julie, how about you? Are you in the same camp with that? Or I completely agree. Um, there's just and especially what's different with Glass Onion compared to Knives Out, which there was always a mystery element to Knives Out, but like you knew pretty much how um, he died in Knives Out. Like you knew that, I don't know. But I don't know, there's just something about the characters in Knives Out that were more intriguing to me. Hmm. Um, the whole family dynamic is always just interesting. And then nothing, like Glass Onion has nothing close to the Chris Evans monologue at the end of that movie. Like, yeah. you know, so I mean, what if I kill Fran? If I have, you know, if I have a good lawyer, which I do, you know, like amazing. Right. Nothing in Glass Onion comes yeah. close to it. So, the only thing about Glass Onion that is, I like a little bit more is we get more Benoit Blanc. Yes. And yeah. I think that's better for this movie in a lot of ways. So let me start, I guess, because I'm the only positive one here. So I guess I need to be the one that's a little more uh, defending myself, which is fine. You know, that's how I like it. Throw me in the cage. And again, like I with like Adam, this. though, like I enjoy I Glass Onion. I, I think it. it's a good movie. So, it's just so what do I think? Out. The reason Glass Onion stands out to me a little bit more, I think, than Knives Out. I, I don't want to say it's significantly more. Let me. Maybe I should make that clear. I just think it's slightly better than Knives Out. Maybe that's what I should preface this with. 
I think there's a little more style in this movie. I think Ryan Johnson as a director was a little more confident with his storytelling to a degree in this movie and his stylized teller storytelling with the visuals. Uh, Glass Onion, I really like the colorful design. I really think a lot of the the over-the-top characters... Um, you know, Ryan Johnson gets a lot of crap. We're, we're not going to lie, right? I mean, the, the Last Jedi is not a good movie, but if we criticized every director for every bad movie that they made, you know, there wouldn't be many directors left. It wouldn't be good. Uh, Ryan Johnson, I think, underst- knows what's fun about this movie, and I think he realized Knives Out, we didn't really... We didn't get as much time with Benoit Blanc as I think we would have wanted, right? Because a lot of the, he's kind of very, he's more later introduced into the story. And he's kind of just there to guide the mystery along a little bit. Here, he's kind of one of the central characters, mm-hmm. right? He's actually the one, uh, I like how he's introduced into the story early on. So he's already kind of involved. He's already there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the characters, I kind of disagree, Julie. I think some of these characters are a little more interesting uh, only because, in one way, he's trying to do a satire on the whole eat the rich, which he does do in Knives Out, right? It's very similar that way where the rich are just all these entitled snobs that are terrible people. And this, I feel like he, he did modernize it. And I know some people don't like that. You know, they consider it the woke culture and all this nonsense. I think Glass Onion... Well, it's accurate to the culture. Right, though. and I think Glass Onion walked a fine line and balanced it relatively well, uh, especially if we're going to talk about all the, you know, the financial billionaires out in the world that are not Elon Musk, but might be Elon Musk, according to the internet, if you read it any closer. Uh, I like how he dealt with COVID. He dealt with a lot of these things I thought were kind of fun and kind of interesting. Uh, What about you, Adam? So talk to me a little bit here. Uh, Am I reaching you? Am I losing you? Uh, No, no. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. It's just I think that the characters in Glass Onion, they were pretty cut and dry. Like, I knew what they were would you say they're more caricature than they are characters yeah i'd agree with that okay. yeah because okay. they immediately like understood who they were and what they were about they were and... just one note characters like uh dave batista is like a, a header like a bro like internet yes. guy about like selling stuff on the internet being super jacked and like shooting his gun off and being ultra conservative and stuff like that yeah um, it's a one note character right it's, yeah and, and was there anything more than that no. No, I'm no. not really. But did there need to be? What do you think about that, Julie? Did, did these characters need to be more for you to understand them? Um, I want to say no. And it's, I mean, the more I look at it, like there are so much similarities, but I feel like there's just a different vibe. Like both movies have that figure that's on that high pedestal where all of the other characters want something from them, which is money. They both movies, they both want money from that central figure. Um, however, I don't know. I just feel like the bonds were different. Like, at the end of the day, it still was family. It still was their dad. Yeah, were they shitty to him? And yeah, were they going to do things to get what they wanted? Of course. Mm. But this one, I think it was just so much more transparent where they were just putting up with him. They were getting as close as possible to him because he was funding what they needed to be done. And they were going to do whatever they needed to do to help keep that in place. Okay. I could, I could see what you're saying as far as that, but I think the character performances stood out a little bit more to me in this movie, besides Chris Evans, obviously in the first movie, he's, he's fantastic. That reveal is still Perfect. priceless. Uh, I thought Edward Norton was a really good bad guy. Cause he's 
kind of douchey, it seems like, in real life. So I don't think this is too far off from how he normally is. How uh, dare so, you? You don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm going by stories. He, <laughs> he didn't want to be the Hulk again. Hey, he didn't want to be the Hulk again. He did this to himself. Um, you know, I, I thought he did a really good job with that. Like, you know, that kind of... And I like how subtle a lot of the movie is with his character where he's always has to be the smartest guy in the room, but in real, real, like, reality is he's the dumbest guy in the room because he doesn't even know what he's saying. Uh, there's like a scene where like they, they show like the art hanging on the wall and apparently one it's of the pictures down. is upside down, stuff like that. I, I think that's really good that they do that. And I, I thought he did a really good job with his performance. Uh, the other car actors... Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Adam, maybe to some extent, that they are very one-note. Like I said, we talked about Dave, Dave Batista, Catherine Hahn, Kate Hudson, uh, Leslie Odom Jr., uh, all really good actors, and there's a couple others too. Uh, but again, they are kind of one-note. I think Ryan Johnson wanted to make more of a social commentary than he did want to make characters in this movie. True. But okay. at the same time... I think that's okay because I think the mystery was still really fun because uh, the murder in this movie, comparatively to the other movie, doesn't happen till towards right. almost the end, like right. what three yeah. fourths of the way into the movie. There's actually yeah. a murder, and we yeah, won't spoil that was cool. it. we won't spoil it here yet. Well, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, but I do like that. I think that was kind of cool because we got this really big setup and you're waiting for the murder to happen and you don't know what's going to happen. So it sets right. up a pretense to like, okay, so who's going to get murdered? And then when someone does get murdered, you have to solve who actually did it. So you kind of right. have a couple different levels created, of mystery. Yeah, and it created a very different animal where, um, you know, there was an immediate sense of chaos and urgency after the fact because it happened in front of everybody. Right. And then it's the realization of, you know, whoever did it is here, what's going on, the panic that ensued, trying to maintain calm heads while you actually try to figure out what happened. Um, so I thought that that was interesting as opposed to the more slow paced, methodical, it's already happened, it's done, he's buried, we can take our time now and really try and piece together what happened where this is still like an active incident. Right, and you have the whole, like you said, the tension, they're all in the same room. They're stuck on so an island. To, yeah, you can't get away, you have to figure out what's going on. I think that worked that really well. Too. Sorry to interrupt again, like when they're trying to radio for help, because he has this special like clear dock that rises from the water, like it's a piece of shite or whatever, and he's like, what? Oh, piece of shit. Stop. Yeah, they don't know what and it is, right? And they keep making fun of that. It's them. high tide and they can't reach it if it's high tide. Like, so just like stuff like that. Like, again, because someone who thinks he's so smart and mm -hmm. going for aesthetic ends up like damning them, you know? Right. And I think that's, again, I think that's the main goal he had with this was, you know, he's right. poking fun of all the stuff that's happened since COVID. And again, like I said earlier, COVID is mentioned in this movie. And I do love how it's just casually like thrown away. Like nothing mm -hmm. ever happened. And I think the best part is, and this isn't really a spoiler, Ethan Hawke is just randomly in this movie Best for two out. seconds. And he's the one that administers, like, I guess the serum to COVID to everybody. <laughs> and it's just, it's over. It's never mentioned throughout the rest of the movie. I thought that was crazy. I just thought, what is he going, you're good. You're good. And he's like, you're good. You're good. You're good. I'm like, it's <laughs> Ethan Hawke. But this, and he's never seen or shown ever Fear again. Fantastic. Uh, the one, like, big sin of this movie, and I don't know if this is more of a me thing, is I don't like the way the story is revealed. So what I mean by that is it, when you tell a mystery, I kind of like a straightforward mystery. And I like to be able to put the clues together, figure it out. You know, we get to the end. We're done. This movie does the thing where it's like you, you tell your story twice. 
right? So the first half, we have the whole setup with Benoit Blanc, and, you know, he gets invited to the island and goes to the island. Shenanigans happen. Someone gets murdered, and then someone else gets murdered. The movie stops, and he's like, I'm going to tell you how it all happened. They reverse all the way back, and you tell the same story again from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how they reveal what's going on. And if you ask me, that's just like retelling your movie. And I, I don't like that. I don't like double backing from a different perspective. Granted that you can kind of see where everything happened. So compliments to Ryan Johnson with the tight script writing. You can see where things happened. Like it makes sense where certain events or certain things have a little more context and they make more mm-hmm. sense. But at the same time, I just, I personally don't like that retelling of a mystery story when you try to solve your plot. Uh, Adam, what do you think about that, that plot storytelling for a mystery? Are you a fan of that or? Yeah, I think that's where this movie doesn't hit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because in comparison to like the first one where we're actively trying to solve the mystery as the movie's going on, and then all of a sudden with this one, it just kind of rips it off like a Band-Aid. All yeah. of a sudden, they're like, all right, here's how it happened. And I was like, well. And let me tell you yeah. everything that happened. And it's not that there's not clues, uh, but I don't know if maybe they don't give you enough information to figure out what's going on. Right. Right. You, you definitely like you. Of course, any mystery, you're not missing information. But there should also be just enough to where I could have could have figured it out. But. I mean, I guess you can't figure it out. I, just, then, I, I think it slows down the pacing is the big right. thing for me. It yeah. really just like slows down the movie. It's mm-hmm. like, I already sat through this. It's it's not really as exciting as I think they want it to be to find out like, oh, this is the secret scene I didn't see. Right. I didn't come You're getting missing pieces today. of information. Like I will say most mysteries do that, but not to that scale, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like when you do have like the big reveal like like in knives out like once they figure then they do like quick cuts as he's explaining it you get that quick cut to like chris evans doing it same thing like in um like the murder on the orient express and death on the nile but they're quick cuts and right. it's as it's being explained as opposed to like you said taking that huge detour back and then you're still not done no and the problem no, is those final pieces yeah. in place yet and the problem is it's a lot of information and we'll right. talk about this when we get to our spoiler section uh it's a lot of information to go back and tell mm-hmm. uh but i think you know if that, if that was my biggest critique i think that would is and i actually would lean with you a little bit adam i think they are a little bit too character cheese some of the act you know some of the characters uh maybe if i had a little more motivation i could have seen it being them but i think once you get so when the murder happens, you have a pretty good idea of who the culprit is and who mm-hmm. did it. I don't think there's much yes. mystery as far as I would have liked. So yeah. maybe that even makes that whole going back and telling the story even more frustrating because sure right, I kind of know who did it. I just need to figure out how he did it. And right. I, God, I hope it makes sense because we're going to watch this whole movie all over again. Well, if anything, they I feel like they tried to use that time to cast more doubt and suspicion on some of the other characters yeah and I, before, but the, I would be like yeah no i don't buy it and, and then i think that's like, part of it i don't think any of them had there's one clear character i think it can be and i don't think anybody else had enough time or motivation to to do what I right had. but that's exclusively what that flashback thing is for yeah. they literally at one point draw up the little clue Right. Um, M and O, motive and opportunity. Motive and opportunity. Um, So I think. And then everybody at some point has those boxes checked. Yeah. So I think it's time we can go and talk a little bit about spoilers before we wrap up our final scores here. So if you're not interested in this section, if you want to watch the Knives Out Glass Onion movie for yourself, uh, skip to the timestamp below and that'll get you right to the final scores. Otherwise, you've been warned this is the spoiler section. 
So this movie, it does something now, Adam. I don't know if this bothered you too. Uh, it's very cliche in this movie. Uh, the, the, the twin, uh, the bull. Oh, yes. This is what this whole movie really relies on. It's a really big mystery cliche that we've seen a million times over. Uh, I would argue it's not anything new. Uh, what did you think? So we find out that Janelle Monet is actually, she has a twin, right? Her twin sister was mm-hmm. actually friends with Edward Norton and Ed Norton stole the company from her and then murdered her. And he's the one that actually murders Dave. Batista. nobody knows about the murder. Nobody knows about that murder. And then murders Dave Batista, which I thought well, that really was fun. That's mind. actually what I didn't expect. I did not expect Dave Batista to be the one that was murdered in the movie. Right. I thought that was kind of fun. Yep. Uh, but it's it's very cliche. What did you think of that? Uh, she pretends to die, and I, what what did you think? I guess is what I want to say about the reveal and everything. I think I'm torn because as cliche as it is, I really liked her performance. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that she was a standout character in the movie. She was. By far. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of it's difficult because. And she added heart to it. I yeah. think that was it too. In a room full of assholes. She was, because she was, she's the schoolgirl Southern sister, you know, right. stepping in, you know, so that added more heart to the story. Yeah. And I think it's, it's fun too. I, I think her character was really good. So that made the reveal, you know, a little bit better that she didn't die. I didn't think she did die. I pretty much had my suspicions that when she shot and fell over, like, okay, I don't think she's dead unless there was going to be two murders, but. I was depressed. I'm like, this poor girl. Yeah, I, I didn't think that was going to happen. And then the, the twin thing, it was kind of, it was just very cliche. But at the same time, I thought it was really fun. You know, I feel like they throw that the stuff story. in um, old school mysteries. There's always like the secret yeah. twin. But like I said earlier, the biggest thing for me that I think really sold this movie is when he reveals like how Dave Batista actually dies, where he's given, he's allergic to pineapple juice and he squeezes mm-hmm. the pineapple juice into his drink. And the one, uh, I believe, I think it's uh, Kate Puts Hudson. Right in his Kate Hudson goes like, oh my God, it's so stupid. It's brilliant. And you just see Daniel Craig just go, as Benoit, just go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And it's not clever at all. It's just stupid. Yeah. And it's just like, just, I, I love that because it, it's not. It's not even brilliant at all. And that surmises the whole character for me right there with Edward Norton, like saying all these words that aren't even words and this big mm-hmm. art that's upside down and trying to pretend to be mm-hmm. the biggest guy in the room. And again, I you you couldn't even come up with anything. You couldn't come up with anything original. And the fact he even steals the idea to murder someone in their room from the actual detective, because that's how he gets the idea to even murder someone in the first place to murder uh, Dave Batista. He gets the idea from Daniel Craig, like all these all these people in the room and they want to murder you. He can't even come up with a murder scheme that's original to his own. I like that. I think that really worked. It worked well as a commentary on like such a pathetic character. And I think it brought the story really together for me. And her revenge at the end is just as sweet. Uh, I do feel bad for the Mona Lisa, though. They Um, did did uh, burn the Mona Lisa. Uh, Maybe you shouldn't have done that, though. Someone put, like, there there was another, you know, his whole island blew up. Did you really have to burn the Mona Lisa, too? Yeah, and I questioned a little bit with that. Maybe that was one of the things. Uh, Some of the B-plot stuff wasn't really that interesting, uh, especially with, like, the alternative fuel source. And I I felt like if you, like, ignited that, there would have been a that would have just killed everyone. I don't know. If yeah, that's yeah I, I agree. That was maybe that something. If, if I couldn't buy that, I mean, I couldn't, that was the one thing I couldn't buy in the movie was, you know, how they all survived, I guess. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It, it really didn't 
add much to the plot for me at no, all. And, and I think that was the weakest part, right? No one really had a clear motive that that I, I could see them killing anybody else for to like secure their position. Right. It was really only Edward Norton's character, Miles, yes. was the only character that I, I could see doing this. There was no yeah. one else. Uh, which, which I guess that kind of lends to some of the negativity where I guess there was more mystery in the first Knives Out movie where we weren't sure who really did it. I think we had a bigger suspect list. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the reveal happens and Edward Norton's just still Edward Norton. So, I mean, maybe his speech wasn't as grand as the whole Chris Evans reveal. It definitely was yeah, a little bit flatter. Uh, but again, I think mm-hmm. the revenge was a little bit sweeter in this movie because especially, you know, can't arrest him, can't really do anything about it at that point because they're not going to turn on him. So she gets her revenge, and then all the friends kind of roll on him and give up their position. Well, no, I think he is going to be... He's going to be, yeah, because they roll on him at the end. They said, we're going to turn on you and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice. It's nice to see. And it kind of just fades to black. It kind of just ends the the movie, which, again, I kind of like that. I think it's simple. Uh, You know, I I think it worked. Uh, Last reveal I did also like is... uh, Benoit Blanc's uh, boyfriend, Philip, played by Hugh Grant. That was maybe the biggest mystery of the Amazing. movie. Did not expect that. Yeah. I oh, should too. Hugh Grant moment. Benoit, get out of the tub. <laughs> 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 I can't. I love that. That was great. Best reveal of the movie. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's that point. We've talked as much as we can. Uh, Ryan Johnson, you did a decent job, I think. Let's get to our final scores. I'm going to give Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, a 7.5 out of 10. Dokey. I've been calling you. You gotta answer me when I call. Oh, will you shut it? We've been over this a million times. I told you when me and Whiskey are alive, you gotta listen to. You tell your mother to shut up. I'm sorry, it's just when we're live. What? When we're. What? Jeez, Mom, I'm sorry. I had a good time with this. I think I'd watch it again. Uh, it's not. I, I think it's better than Knives Out. I think if I were to regrade Knives Out, it's, again, it's been a while since I watched it, so I'll go back and watch that video, see what I said. I, I would give like Knives Out maybe like a 6.57 range. I think this was just a little bit better. I think I would actually go back and watch Glass yeah. Onion again before I'd watch Knives Out. I know all my, all my co-hosts here are giving me weird looks. I just genuinely enjoyed it more. I think there was... I like the I do like... I like the commentary. I like the over-the-top characters. Uh, everyone was fair game. I'm always down for an eat-the-rich storyline. I had a good time, guys. Benoit Blanc, uh, I can't wait to see his next mystery. This definitely makes me uh, excited for what's next to come with him. Uh, Adam, where do you stand with this film? <laughs> see, I was going to give Glass Onion a 7.5. Sir. What is that? Open, please. You won't be needing that anymore. I won't. You're good. What is that? Is that some kind of disinfectant? Oh. You're good. Have a great trip, everyone. Because I still enjoyed it. But a Knives Out, you know, the, the Knives Out, the original one, I would give that like a 9.5. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. So that's just kind of where... Mm-hmm. It's it's you know I still enjoy the movie a lot but yeah that first one is just unstoppable for me. See I'm not there I'm not there with the first one. Six point five oh my well, god that's, really low. <laughs> that's blasphemous. 
So what are you at, Adam? Adam's going to give it a 7.5? I'm going to give it a 7.5 as well. It's right. still a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's yeah. uh, it's a fun. I like, you know, Benoit Blanc is a great character, and He's I'm great. very excited to see more of him. Interesting. Interesting. Julie, where do you stand with this movie? I'm going to give Glass Onion a 7. A flat 7. It's so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. It's brilliant. No! It's just dumb. Just doesn't mo and also actually you know what partly out of spite you know <laughs> maybe I would have done the seven point five but you giving knives out a six point five seven forget that what can I say hey listen I'm not here to you know I that's what I thought about that's knives your out opinion. I don't know, that's, that's my opinion, opinion. I'm here to talk about I'm sure when people come and comment on this video they can tell me how wrong I am for thinking <laughs> my opinion I am about knives sure. out in a glass onion review yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I I think I'd go back and watch this one again before I'd go and watch. Nine you know Jack what? I, again. I do want to go would. back and I want to see because now we're out of spoiler territory again. I want to see the things actually play out in real time. Mm -hmm. You know okay. what I mean? Like the actual crime. And I think that's how a movie holds up, right? I think maybe maybe on a second viewing, I wouldn't be as kind for Glass Onion if I watched it again. Uh, but also at the same time, if I could see all the pieces fall into place, which I think they will relatively well. I think it's a solid mystery. I really, I think it is. And I think it's it a good was. time. You know? No, it was good. Yeah. I, I still know. enjoyed the, it. The contention here really is my opinion on Knives Out. This just totally turned on me. <laughs> this is what you guys learn. Sometimes you just got to keep your opinions to yourself. Don't you should have uh, titled this, uh, you know, review, you know, glass on, a glass onion review and the Knives Out controversy or something oh, no, like that. Knives Out, yeah, the Kevin controversy, splitting the real <laughs> movie guys over his opinions on Knives Out. <laughs> But anyway, guys, in the comments below, let us know what you thought about Glass Onion. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you like the mystery? Do you want to see more? Ryan Johnson, has he redeemed himself for The Last Jedi? I don't think so. We're still working on that. But hey, I mean, miracles can happen, right? Uh, but let us know what you guys thought. Until next time, my name's Kevin. That's Adam. That's Julie. We are The Real Movie Guys. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.